This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Annual Pass. This is the Rooster Teeth podcast where we talk about all things theme park related attractions, shows, food, snacks, and horror nights. <laughs> I am your host, Jack Patillo, and of course, joining me as always is my beautiful, talented go host with the most, Jeff Ramsey. Hi, Jeff. This is the nicest I feel in my life <laughs> when I get to record this podcast with you. You, I get like 78, I, I checked it, like uh-huh. 78% of all confidence, uh, confidence, of all compliments <laughs> I receive come from you in this moment. Oh, well, yeah. that, that's so very sweet. It. Jeff, we have a very, very special edition of Annual Pass today. We are back at the Radio Broadcast Center at Universal Studios Orlando right now. We It has been a blast. It's been a heck of a week. This is the only place we've been and then we came again. So I think it's officially our home away from home. That right? is true. It's, it's, a, it's our second home. Um, yeah. Our friends over at Universal very kindly invited us back to come out and check out Halloween Horror Nights. We got to do that last night. We've spent a couple days in the park where this is our third day in the park, actually. And today we're doing some podcasting. So the next couple episodes you're going to hear is going to be Jeff and I in the studio. We are looking out on uh, is, is that uh, it's not Santa Monica. What was the name of that street there? I forget. Anyway, Main Street. We're across from the Born Stuntacular and Eddie's Revenge. Lights, camera, action is the I scare see, zone. Uh, I see the Beverly Wilshire. I see a Ralph's. I think the Brown Derby is over there. Is it Rodeo Drive? Rodeo Drive, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Go. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone who is listening right now. You guys are the absolute best. Thank you, everyone who's sending us photos and stuff on social media. We love y'all very, very much. Make sure to follow us over on uh, you know all the socials. We're annual underscore pass on Twitter and Instagram as well. And make sure you grab a shirt. We've still got our Halloween shirts up in the store, store.roosterteeth.com. That's very cool. I love seeing people wearing our merchandise out in the wild. And speaking of that, before we dive in, so tonight, okay. today's episode is going to be all about Halloween Horror Nights, at least our first half. We have a lot to talk about, Jeff. It's been an eventful three days, <laughs> we, for we, sure. We have been going nonstop for the past three days, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. But before we get to that, let's talk about one of the first things we did the first second night we were in town. We had our very first community meetup. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had the annual pass community meetup at a little mini golf course right just down the road. It was incredible. It was seeing so many people come out and like the the energy was great. It was it was mini golf. Everyone was playing mini golf, which is yeah. Awesome. There were like two 18 hole courses, mm-hmm. and we rented the place out for two hours. Yeah, and so any annual pass holder is that what we call them? Not the thing that the pass holders. Yeah. Said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any annual, she's so vulgar. She is. Any annual pass holder uh, that was in town and wanted to could show up and just play golf with us and hang out for two hours. And I think about 120 or 150 people showed up. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those like things. We put it up for RSVP. And I thought, like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it'll take a couple weeks. Like, hopefully, you know, we'll get a, a few people out there. And it filled up in a day. Yeah. Like, literally filled up in a day. So I, I'm overwhelmed by the positivity from the annual pass community. You guys are absolutely incredible. And it was a pleasure to meet so many nice people in person. It absolutely was. And we very quickly had what I thought was a brilliant idea, Jack, which was <laughs> you and I were going to sit at one hole mm-hmm. and we were just going to play one round of golf with everybody that came yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. We did that for the first four groups and then uh-huh. realized that we'd eaten up about 45 minutes <laughs> of our hour. So I apologize if we didn't get to play a hole yeah. of golf with you, but we tried to at least say hi 
shake a hand, take a photo, uh, sign whatever with everybody that was there. And hopefully we didn't miss you. Yeah, we, we were doing that. We're like, we're, we're clever. And then we realized there was a whole other set of holes that oh, we yeah, weren't yeah. seeing anyone for. But uh, thank you, everyone who came out. Thank you, everyone who brought me park maps. I have so many park maps now. It's an overwhelming amount. Yeah. yeah. Did you bring an extra suitcase? I mean, I'm going to have to buy one, I think. Yeah. But like Jennifer and Jessica, the, the twins, they were out there as well. They brought me a bunch of park maps. Well, they also, Rodeo Drive's right out here. We can true. get you a very fancy uh, They suitcase. also brought me the new Cinderella Castle, the Lego set. Yeah. So we got to do something with that. We'll build that at I some think point. we should, yeah. It was yeah. great to see the twins again. It was, it was really cool. It was, it was great seeing everyone out there. So many friendly people. So many like team members and cast members who work at the, all the various theme parks around town as well. Almost as if these are major employers in this area. <laughs> <laughs> it's shocking. It's yeah. shocking. But we, we had a lot of friendly people offering up some really, really cool things that we might be able to do in the future. So thank you again, everyone who came out. And hopefully you'll be doing more stuff like this, not only in Orlando. Hopefully you'll go some other places too. Like I'm still eyeballing Ohio. I want to get out there for Cedar Point. We've had a, a lot of people this week mentioned Cedar Point to yeah. us, like at the meetup and just around the park. Yeah. Yeah. But even going out to like LA as well, like going yeah. out to uh, Hollywood, I would love to do that. I mean, go to Universal Hollywood, go to, you know, Disneyland. Like there's, there's so much stuff we want to do. So many places in the States we want to get to. If we ever get to Universal Hollywood, <laughs> I have, uh, I have a bunch of stories of the time Gus and I went there. Oh, really? Years and years and years ago. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know how appropriate they are for annual pass, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll filter through them. Okay. You'll tone down a little bit. Yeah. All right. But anyway, we need to talk about the 800-pound elephant in the room, Halloween Horror Nights. Okay. Jeff, we came out and we've been talking about Halloween Horror Nights. Wouldn't an 800-pound gorilla? You said 800-pound elephant, Did right? I? Yeah, not 800-pound gorilla, oh. which... Is fine, but it's an 800 pound elephant kind of seems like very, like a yeah. tiny elephant. That'd be a very, that'd be like a little baby elephant. Really adorable though. It would be pretty cute. It would be super cute. <laughs> so I would, that should be our logo, our, <laughs> eight, our mascot for annual 800 pound, like 800 pound elephant. elephant. We've been talking about Halloween Horror Nights since like the first information popped out. Yeah months and months ago and this was something that like i was excited for and then we made friends with universal and they were like hey they brought us out to velocicoaster and they were like hey velocicoaster's cool and all but halloween horror nights that's our jam that's what we want you here for and we made it happen yeah it's, or they made it happen we just happen to be here pretty fantastic and i'll say i went into it sight unseen like it's one of those things that i've heard people talk about a lot like in the periphery of my life and uh, I'd never had any direct interaction with this, so I really didn't know what to yeah. expect. You had been here for Halloween Horror Nights in 2005. 2005. So 15, this is the 30th anniversary. Yeah. You came here at the 15th anniversary, yeah. I guess. I was at the midpoint. You were at the <laughs> midpoint. How, how, because I have obviously all of my impressions from seeing it for the first time, yeah, yeah. but I think yours would be more valuable. How has it changed in uh, 15 years? So it's remarkable, uh, first of all. So when I came here 15 years ago, it was like, I think there were just maybe four or five houses, it felt like it was something kind of not tacked on, but it wasn't the main focus okay. of what the park was at the time. Whatever they're doing now, I mean... The it over, wasn't like a full park takeover. No, no. Like, yeah. I mean, there were, I mean, it was bits of it. It was kind of like, it didn't feel like one cohesive thing. And yeah, I, I don't yeah. mean that in a negative way. It just felt like, okay, over here was like a scare zone and there'd be a big gap and then there'd be a house. And, there, and, and so it didn't really feel all tied together. It was still amazing. Don't get me wrong. But showing up last night, we walked through the front gates and I was buzzing with energy. I don't know if you could tell, but yeah. I was <laughs> well, I was excited. Listen, dude, you started yesterday at about 8 a.m. <laughs> I had a big uh, day. I started at noon, I think. Yeah. Uh, you started at 8 a.m. And at 1.30, we had to pull you out of here. Yeah. And you were like, there's still 30 minutes left. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's, an, an, it's like 16 hours, man. Enough. I had a big day of theme parking. To uh, put the needle down. To, <laughs> to say the least. Dude, we could have done Rip Roar and Rocket in the middle of the night. It, hell, anyway, anyway, you didn't want. 
once you, you old man. I'm just well. For there was a there's a whole undercurrent of back pain management. Yeah, and within, I've been doing my best to keep you. You've happy. been fantastic, okay. everybody. You've been lovely. Yesterday was an incredible day yeah. from start to finish. The thing that was the most shocking to me is that we were here until. 5 p.m.? Yeah. Like, the shut, park closes at shut 5. Down, the shut down the studios at 5 yeah. to prep for Halloween Horror Nights. And so we left at 5, mm-hmm. and then we came back two hours later, and it was a different world. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was insane. They were. I was starting to see elements of it popping up as we were leaving in the scare zones, mm-hmm. but still, you didn't have the... Uh, any concept of the scale or what it was going to look like when it was fully dressed. It's, it, and then to see the flip, it was just, it was really stark. I'm really glad I got to see it in, in yeah. that two hour window, you know? Yeah, it's amazing because like back then again, it felt like kind of like a, a separate event that was yeah. kind of happening in the park. Last night when we came in, it felt like that was the park. It felt like it was always that. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it didn't feel like it was, it was like dark, spooky stuff was everywhere. Music, loud noises. There was lights everywhere. It's amazing. Like, I, it's it's hard to express the total transformation of the park. Uh, sorry, I got distracted by Scooby and. Oh yeah, <laughs> we couldn't get into the building earlier because the, yeah, the the mystery machine was in the way. <laughs> let let me put you on the spot for a second and ask you a question you may Please. not have an answer to, but I'm genuinely curious. So this was the 30th anniversary. So I assume they blew it out for yes. the, the big event, yeah. right? If I had come last year or I come next year, do I expect a commiserate experience? Like, will there be 10 houses and five scare zones? Or did they do, like, double the fun this year? Like, what what is it on a non-30th anniversary so, year? So believe it or not, Halloween Horror Nights has a lot of backstory and, and huge, I, huge fans. I, boy, am I learning. Yeah. There's actually a whole Halloween Horror Nights wiki, okay. which I'm just now diving into. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, if you want the backstory and the lore of Halloween Horror Nights, there are tons of amazing videos out there. I think Expedition Theme Park has one theme park history has one go watch those we're not going to be able to get into the full yeah. lore well it's 30 of, years of, of jack and eddie and the storyteller there's so many amazing there's like icons. seven or eight icons yeah, yeah it's a bunch it, it, it's crazy like how, how much stuff is is going on in the backstory of halloween horror nights we're not that podcast <laughs> like, um, <laughs> i mean i love it we're enthusiasts i'm a huge fan of it and i'm gonna I'm sort of be top level and so if you want to dive into it there are lots and lots of resources out there that you can get into so please check them out. I've watched a lot of those videos. I really like them a lot. As a matter of fact, I got back to the hotel room last night and watched the Expedition Theme Park video on Halloween Horror Nights 30 <laughs> because I'm that guy. You keep this up. There's going to be an intervention, dude. Yeah. Ben pointed out, we should mention what is Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, I guess we haven't said yeah, that. Yeah, I guess we haven't said that. So yeah. if, if you're new to this, if you don't know what's going on, so Halloween Horror Nights, Universal Studios Orlando, Universal Resort in Orlando, they take their Universal Studios park and turn it into a like what do you say like a spooky version like it's like a haunted it's a mature like a Halloween themed Halloween horror night event yeah. yeah the entire park gets taken over as a separate ticketed event so you have to buy a separate ticket to it and there are haunted mazes our haunted houses there are scare zones which are just kind of out in the wild where you just walk through and yeah think stuff of them happening. as like so like the haunted houses there's ten haunted houses right and those are the things you queue up for and you go sit in line for twenty or thirty minutes or mm-hmm. however long. A scare zone is just an area of the park that you can walk through that's designated as such so you know that there'll be uh, exhibits. Uh, like there was one that we saw that there was a, like an, I forget what they were called, but there was a force of a group of aliens on a stage. Oh, Seek and Destroy. Seek and Destroy, yeah. And they were uh, interrogating people as they walked by and interacting with them. And then so you can get like a, a taste of being scared. You can get a jump scare from like a, a monster out of a tree uh, yeah. or whatever without having to like wait in line. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool. And it's, it's a fun thing where if you're not paying attention to it, you can look and suddenly there's someone right in your face. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> like you weren't expecting that catches you off. Guard. And they're pretty transformative. Yeah. Too. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's really neat. And as a matter of fact, I think you have to walk through a scare zone to get through the park. I don't mm. think you can avoid the scare zones because if you go in, you're going to hit the icons one. 
or if you turn right, you're going to hit this one here, lights, camera, action. So, yeah, yeah. you're going you're gonna to get to one no matter what. So, But, yeah, it's it's separate ticketed events. It uh, happens in September and October, and I think maybe even the first week of November. Uh, it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger over the past 30-ish years they've done it. They have special food, special yep. drinks. Yeah. There's also a nighttime show as well, which we'll talk about in the next episode, which, holy crap, yeah. what a show. And so and every year it's gotten bigger and better and they've themed it. And like this year they had a haunting of Hill House, which is based off the Netflix series. They have Beetlejuice, which is based off the Beetlejuice series. Yeah, they've, they had uh, the two or Texas three, Chainsaw Massacre, which is based off the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, which is a real life event. <laughs> a couple years ago, they did a Ghostbusters house that I regret to this day that I missed. Was that what was that based off of? Um, I think it was based off a novel. Mm. Mm. And so anyway, it, it, it is wild. It is something very, very cool, very unique. The idea of taking a theme park, something that, you know, feels safe and fun and just the way they turn it into something spooky and scary is so cool. Yeah, it is such a neat thing that if you get an opportunity to check it out, you absolutely should. And as it happens over, you know, like it's like Thursdays through Sundays in, you know, in most of October or Wednesday, I don't whatever the days it is. Wednesday is what it was. Just calendars online you can figure it out buy a ticket go see it there's a whole internet full of information whole that jack, internet that full of information more succinct and easier to to get through than jack all right so uh let me tell you a little bit about the history again we're not going to dive super deep into it but pulling from wikipedia halloween horror nights began at universal studios florida in 1991 under the title fright nights how old were you in 1991 1991 what i would have been you in? nine so i would have been a nine grade which is what is that nine 18 you're 18 and 12, so add six. So I would have been third grade. Okay. Yeah. That was in 10th grade. I mathed it out <laughs> pretty good there. It began as a three-night event on October 25th, 26th, and 31st, 1991, with one haunted house, the Dungeon of Terror. Mm. The first year, the admission price was $12.95. <laughs> From 1991 to 2001, the event was held at Universal Studios Florida. Then they actually started doing it over at Islands of Adventure for a little bit, too. Oh. They, yeah, they had some parks over in there. The event was renamed Universal Studios Florida Halloween Horror Nights in 1992 and was advertised as the second annual Halloween Horror Nights. There were two haunted houses with the Dungeon of Terror returning at the Jaws Q building. So that's a, oh, that yeah, a really you. cool area. Yeah. And the People Under the Stairs making its debut in Soundstage 23, which is over by Ripper and Rocket. It's where the, uh, you know, there's like those two big buildings that had four houses in them over there at Soundstage 23. The event ran five nights, October 23rd, 24th, 29th, 30th, and 31st. What year would that have been? That would have been 92. So I guess maybe, I guess it was based on the movie? What grade what? were you in in 92? I was in 11th grade. Because <laughs> uh, People Under the Stairs probably came out around then. I thought that was much older. Maybe I'm thinking think of, so. huh. Anyway, yeah, so that's the basis of it. And then over the years, it's changed. Again, it went over to Islands of Adventure for a while. I went in 2005, which was the 15th anniversary, and it was at a blend of not only the, the Islands of Adventure, but also uh, the studios as well. And I, I vaguely remember bits of it. I mean, I'm pretty old at this point, so I remember things. The one neat thing was the, I think, Terra Queen, T-E-R-R-A Queen, uh -huh. was one of the icons, as well as the Storyteller which is an old woman who like reads books and horrifying it's it's she's like haunts children's dreams and stuff uh -huh. and both of those characters return for this one yeah so the sort of narrative of the Terra queen is that she comes up every 15 years so i just happen to be here 15 years after the first one. Oh, that's interesting yeah we were talking to our guide last night and he's like oh yeah so her story is that she comes up back every 15 years to like replenish her blood or whatever it is <laughs> and so it's like i just happened to be there 15 years ago when when she was out in 
it was much more of a big to do there. But now she's like the host of a scare zone. Did you do any bloodletting? Uh, no, I, I left my blood back in, in Austin. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And so now they've got 10 haunted houses going on. We have Revenge of the Tooth Fairy, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween Horror Nights icons captured, Universal Monsters, the Bride of Frankenstein lives, Case Files Unearthed Legendary Truth, Puppet Theater Captive Audience, The Wicked Growth Realm of the Pumpkin. Welcome to Scary Horror in the Heartland, The Haunting of Hill House, and Beetlejuice. I see what you did there. That was the order that we went in. Yeah, last you listed night, them in, in order. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and then also there are five scare zones. There are 30 years, 30 fears, which is the Plaza of the Stars. That's the, the that was the most tame scare zone. That's more yeah. of like a photo opportunity scare mm-hmm. zone. It's still pretty cool. Seek and Destroy in New York. That's the one where they actually cool. have the first interactive scare zone where they actually have like a big digital face that talks to people and makes you like kneel to them and stuff. That was fun. Gorewood Forest, which is over where the queen is. That's the one over here the, with the trees all lit That's up. the best one. So cool. Lights, camera, action. Eddie's Revenge, which is right next to us here at the Radio Broadcast Center. And then also Crypt TV over in San Francisco, which we actually missed. I realize that now. We never walked through Crypt TV. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, we were meant to and then totally spaced and forgot to walk through that one. Uh, we'll have to come back okay. and go through Crypt TV. And then also we've got the Halloween Nightmare Fuel, which is their <laughs> nighttime show, which... Holy crap. That was worth the price of admission by itself. That thing was ridiculous. And then also the Marathon of Mayhem Carnage Factory, which is a, a like a, a lagoon show as well. We didn't see that one because we were we were out and about during yeah. that time. But uh, that's the shows and the houses that Halloween Horror Nights 30 has to offer. But just being here is an experience amongst the stuff. Also, the, the rides are open, too. So yeah, you can so ride all the rides as well, like while the park's open. You have full access to the full park. And something about being in a theme park at two in the morning is just unique yeah like it doesn't feel right it's like yeah. i shouldn't be here right now it should be shut down there should be keep people cleaning the streets and you know prepping for tomorrow but it's like no we're here right now and not only that but also me as a theme park nerd i love the fact that we got to go backstage a lot of times too because a lot of these houses they're not just kind of plunked down in the middle of the actual park they're sort of in back areas and whatnot there's some tents sound popped up some sound stages tents, yeah so getting to walk back there that's a lot of fun for me i love seeing in like any sort of behind the scenes stuff and so that was cool yeah it is very neat to get a, a little taste, a little peer behind the curtain. Yeah. So, Jeff, we're doing two episodes on Halloween Horror Nights because okay. we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I feel like we've already talked for like an hour. I don't know. Ben, how, how, how much time we got going right now? 20 minutes or so? We got plenty of time. Okay. okay so let's go through the first five houses that we walk through. So, okay. Jeff, we'll go through the five of them, and then we'll rate our favorite out of those five. And okay. then the next episode, we'll go through the next five and rate our favorite out of that. And then we'll say, what is our favorite house? That's a lot of rating. Okay. Overall. All right. Okay. So, let's start off with Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. So, what do you remember about Revenge of the Tooth Fairy, Jeff? Revenge of the Tooth Fairy, the thing that I liked most about that one is that it starts... The cut from like normal to things going awry is very stark and abrupt. In that one, you go from you're going into like an old Victorian house kind of, and it's very it lulls you into a false sense of security a little bit because it's just nice and there's nothing scary about it. It's just just well appointed. And it was also the first one we'd gone through, which maybe it may have heightened this experience for me. And then you keep going through a few rooms and you keep wondering, like, all right, when is it going to get scary? When am I going to? And you're you're picking up bits of story as it goes through, and then you turn a corner. And it's in a bedroom, and there's blood everywhere, <laughs> and there's a dismembered body on a bed, and it's and you're like, oh my god, and then you're in it. Yeah, it's okay. So let me let me read this. So from the the Halloween Horror Nights uh, dot fandom wiki, 
We've got the innocent traditions of the tooth fairy hide a darker ritual. All children must give up their baby teeth to the goblin-esque tooth fairies or pay a gruesome price. Mm. Step into an old manor that has been overrun by yellow-clawed fiends who extract teeth by force. It's an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It is. You get it? Mm-hmm. It's tooth. It's the thing. It's like Hammurabi's code. It's, it's good. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> There's a centuries-old pact between mortals and the goblin-esque tooth fairies. Did you know about this? Uh, if I did, I wouldn't be allowed to talk about it. I feel like I'm Jay Leno here. You know, you know about this? You heard about this, uh, this, this tooth fairy uh, pact we got that here? That is definitely your Jay Leno impression. <laughs> In exchange for safety from these wicked creatures, humanity made a deal. Every milk tooth of the young... Is that what they're called? Yeah, milk tooth? Milk teeth, yeah. Every milk tooth of the young is to be forfeit in exchange for treats or money. There have been many times in which mankind has not lived up to its half of the bargain. There are children who question, children who dare to hold back payment. Tonight is one such night. The youngest child of the Westhorn family is refusing to place his small incisor under the pillow. It seems like such a small thing, a wish to hold on to childhood just a little longer, but to deny these sinister creatures their payment is to find out just how far they'll go to extract their fee. Only when the swarm of imps leave toothless, tortured corpses in their wake will humanity relearn the terrible lesson. Good God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, I'd say, appropriately describes what we went through. Yeah, it, it starts off so nice. It starts off so nice with, like, it, like a, it feels like you're walking into a fairy tale. Because yeah. it's like, they, literally, it's like there's a narrator who's talking to you. By the way, if you don't want any spoilers the house, if you're going to be going to Halloween Horror Nights before the end of this year, before the, it's up, or don't want to know any story, stop listening now. Love you guys. Come back at a future time. But we're going to be talking about... Definitely kind of, come back, though. Yeah, definitely come <laughs> back. Bring your friends. Come back. But we're going to be talking about some kind of... A little bit of specific. Yeah, I don't but, think we're going to get heavy into it. But, but again, there's no filming. There's no recording. So we don't have like actual thing. It's just kind of our, our memories. Yeah. We're, we're recanting those a little bit. So you start off, go inside, and it's it feels... I mean, you're literally... It's like pages from a fairy tale. Yeah. And the first scene is like this really cute like kind of cardboard cutout scene of like a fair like a kid at his bed and he's like eee, whatever and then just then the nightmares begin yeah the tooth fairies are not happy they're not they're not good looking people they're not what you would imagine them to be no they're they're not the rock at all it, this is uh certainly you know the rock was the tooth fairy i know i got it movie. immediately uh <laughs> Yeah, it's they are horrifying. They have giant eyes and they're super creepy and like spike teeth and everything. And it's terrifying. And a lot of them are tiny. They're very small. If it, it feels like I, I feel like Universal must have hired every person under five one in Orlando to work at Halloween Horror uh, Nights. Yeah. There were a lot of short people, which makes everything a little bit unnerving yeah. in general. Because there were the scare actors playing like children. Yeah. And they look like children. And yeah. it's like, uh because you hate children. I hate children. Yeah. Um at one point. The thing that freaked me out the most is at one point we walked through and there was a so the way it works is basically like these scare actors, they're hiding in corners and behind walls and stuff, and they know when you're going to be showing up and they pop out and they usually have like a trigger to make like a loud noise or light effect or something that will like startle you and catch you off guard. And there was one woman who popped out and her mouth was like deformed <laughs> open and she was like trying to pull her tooth out. Yeah. God, that was creepy yeah, as that heck, was man. Pretty scary. That one got me. That one that sure. one messed me up pretty bad. Yeah, I'm trying to think like what what else was in that house that was really, really freaky. It's a little hard after going through all ten houses in the span of about five hours to pick them apart. Yeah. But it was there was I remember that one being exceedingly scary. Definitely one of the th- three or four scariest. And just really 
I guess encompassing that dark fairy tale aesthetic and feel. Yeah, as you go through. it was a perfect way to start off our night. It was, yeah, it was. Yeah, the basic overview of the house basically is: you go in, the kid says that he's not going to give one of his teeth to the tooth fairy. The mm-hmm. pact is broken, and then you walk through the house as the tooth fairies pull the teeth out of the housekeepers, the servants, parents, and then you basically go through the kid. I think turning into like one of the the yeah, fairies yeah. themselves. Yeah, that's, it feels like at the end he actually turns into a tooth fairy as well. It's yeah, it's it's pretty horrifying. Those those tooth they don't mess around. Yeah, don't cross the tooth fairies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should also point out too that we're all scaredy cats here, so um, none, none of us are brave. Like this no, is, yeah. So it was Jeff, you and I, and then we we had Ben and Steffi as well. Steffi helps with social media, and uh, Ben's our producer, obviously. And uh, everyone was terrified, and it felt like Steffi, poor Steffi, she was targeted all night. Yeah, she was like jump scare bait, right? Yeah. yeah. It was kind of hilarious, and and I felt a little mean about it, but that's okay. It's, it was worth it. That was the first house we went to. It was really terrifying, and it very much set the tone for the rest of the night. Like the quality of the of the sets and the costumes and the makeup and the the gore and everything was just really really cool. And so we went from there. Do you remember our second house, Jeff? I believe our second house was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was Halloween Horror Nights icons, icons captured, and then Texas, and then Texas Chainsaw okay. Massacre. Yeah, so Halloween Horror Nights Icons Captured was basically a way to um, have a throwback to sort of the classic icons from Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, like so, a send-up of all the different yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, and so they all were sort of represented, or a lot of them, not all of them, but quite a few of them were represented in this house, again, from this wiki here. Prepare to meet some of the most terrifying characters from 30 years of Halloween Horror Nights together in one house for the first time ever. Jack the Clown, the Storyteller, the Caretaker, and many, many more have joined forces, some newly risen to true icon status, to form a monstrous hell of fame. (laughs) Hell of fame. (laughs) Discover who reigns supreme as the most evil of them all. It's different each time you visit. You'll see pretty much all of the different the horror icons in there, including the storyteller, which was she was the icon when I was right. here back. In yeah, you point you pointed it out. We walked in, and it's neat because this literally it kind of rehashes like it's like a best of. It's like the it's, hits. It's a vignette house, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, and like in each of the, I think that there are seven featured. You said you've got the director in there. You've got the usher is in there. The caretaker. I know the storyteller was in there. I think Chance was in there as well. Uh, Jack Chance was in there. Yeah, that's the betting one. Yeah, 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 yeah the gambling yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, Chance supposedly is kind of like. She was kind of like Jack's like right hand person, but I think she's like been elevated to her own character now. Gotcha. And then of course Jack as well. It's kind of neat because it is a, literally a throwback. Like even in there, the people that the characters were torturing, like the scare actors were torturing, all had on like Halloween Horror Night shirts from the <laughs> year that they were the icon. I think that they mentioned that right. That there's like a piece of merchandise like that from every year. Yeah. Of the yeah inside the house inside the house. Somewhere. So it's kind of fun to kind of keep an eye out and be like, oh, like there it is. Like I see the wearing the thing. And, yeah, and so. yeah. Like there's at one point where a dude is like stretched out on a roulette wheel. Yeah. And he's got like a House of Horror Nights. <laughs> 17 shirt on or something <laughs> with a knife right in his yeah. uh, right in his chest that one was a cool one I, I liked it it was definitely it definitely this is something that i know people who have been going to halloween horror nights they're going to appreciate this one a whole lot more yeah. because like we were still getting used to being like who are all these people who are all these characters and it, it was still very very cool very violent very loud ben you have something to add yeah i got the list of them here you okay. have a uh, jack the clown okay the caretaker the director 
Lady Luck, the Storyteller, and the Usher. Ah. Uh, and one of the cool things that the guide pointed out to us was at the end, like every 45 minutes at the end of the house, yeah. there is a horror icon on like a throne that switches yeah. out, which is cool. Yeah, and I think for us, it was the director. Yes, it was. Because he was doing the thing where like, he does like the L's with his fingers, and he was like, yep. he was looking at me, and I was like, hey. Which is something we've never, uh, in 18 years, never never actually done. We framed up industry. a shot with yeah. our fingers. Yeah. So yeah. But um, yeah, that's kind of cool, though. So like at the very end, there is that throne. There's a big throne on high, and so they, they rotate people out. And that's a cool one, I'll say, for two reasons. Well, it's a cool one for a variety of reasons. It's just a fun one. But, like, it's cool in two different ways. It's If you're like someone like me who uh, isn't uh, intimately familiar with the lore of Halloween Horror Nights, it's a great introduction to all the different characters. And it felt almost like a primer. Like, yeah. I would almost want to go through that one first if you're new, just so you can kind of get a taste of what, what to expect and who these people are, because then they do appear throughout the night in different forms. But also, I think it probably serves as, as a real, you know, and this is conjecture on my part, but I imagine it serves as tremendous fan service for the people that have been around for many, many years going through these. You know, yeah. it's probably really fun to go back and, and have those little moments and see your favorites. Yeah, and then they've lifted scenes from some classic yeah. houses as well. So, like, I, again, my vague memory from 15 years ago was the storyteller was the icon there. And her scene and captured... It was the child's bed and it was like the shadow transforming into a monster. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I remember that house. Like that was one of the houses I went to back then. And it's like just this rush of memories like, oh, my God, that's that's so cool. And that's like, cool. And again, it rewards those people have been doing this for a long time. And hopefully from, you know, we're going to start hitting them up every single year. And so that'll be <laughs> in 15 years, Jeff, when we're, you know, so many episodes in hey. annual pass. Yeah. We'll be like, hey, remember that first time we went out to Halloween Horror Nights 30 and we saw all that stuff? The, the, the Terror Queen's back. Yeah. And it's going to be lots of fun. You, you're gonna be around for that. You'll be pushing me in a wheelchair. That's that's okay. That's okay. okay. I think it's ADA friendly. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, right? So from there, we moved on to uh, something a little closer to to home for us, being in Texas. Yes, we went to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is uh, the first sort of uh, IP based, you know, house we've seen of the night. They have a few of those. They've well, been doing I, them I guess while. external IP. External based. IP. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they've been doing that now for a while. Apparently, the second or third year, the Crypt Keeper was actually around. He was like one of the hosts of Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's so a, that's cool. Kind of neat. So here's a description for you. You've seen the 1974 horror classic. That being said, it was based on the older film, not not the newer ones. Yeah. Now it's your turn to experience it for yourself. Enter the dilapidated Sawyer House and meet Leatherface and his demented family of merciless butchers. Will you make it out in one piece? Or in pieces. You have to say or in we, pieces. We made it out in one piece. We did. We did. Mostly. This was cool. There's actually um, our guide we had for the night. We did, we did the RIP tour as well. Our friends yeah. at Universal hooked us up with the RIP tour. So we literally went from house to house to house. And we had uh, Duncan was giving us the tour throughout the whole thing and giving us some cool like uh, Easter eggs and backstory on some of the stuff that maybe you might not pick up on all the time. Yeah, so, shout out to Duncan. He was a cool guy. Mad props to him. Uh, and one thing he pointed out that is right when you walk into the Nightmare uh, Texas, Chainsaw, Texas Massacre. Chainsaw Massacre house was you walk in. It's like the, the barbecue joint or whatever from the movie or was it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a barbecue like gas yeah. station. It's kind of like Rudy's, I guess, yeah. in Austin, if you know Austin. And yeah. out front, there are some gas pumps. And those gas pumps were actually lifted from the Jaws ride back in the day. So that's kind of cool. So yeah. if, if you miss Jaws, like they're still using props from it. So yeah, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, you walk in and uh, very quickly, you notice the smell of this house. They said this is the smelly house of Halloween Horror Nights this year. There's always one. And it, this was the one. Oh, yeah. It smelled like they had that sort of like burning like wood kind of smell. Mm -hmm. It was meant to be like decaying flesh and it, it smelled. It certainly yeah, did smell. Yeah. I haven't smelled a lot of decaying flesh in my life. But I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I think our guide said the kids like, oh, yeah, it smells like dead bodies. And it's like, why do you know what a dead body <laughs> smells like? 
They do a lot of research to I guess put these so. shows on. I guess so. And so, uh, yeah, so we went through that. Leatherface was all over the place in this one. Yes, there There's was a lot of Leatherface. Lots of chainsaws. If you're not a fan of chainsaws, it was one of this one. It was one of the louder ones for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, one of the first things, so you start out in the sort of barbecue place and walk through that, and then you very quickly get to the house, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. And well, I remember right when we walked in, um, to our right was a window and there was uh, one of the leather faces was out there with a chainsaw, like dragging it on the window and it was sparking mm. like right next to you, which is like, oh, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Like, I like that a lot. And uh, it, it was fun, man. It's that- like those Barbie roller skates that they banned in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. With a little flints in them yeah. that would spark. Yeah. It was a very loud house. Lots and lots of leather faces. Did, it, did you enjoy that one? I did. I well. Once again, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. I, as a horror fan, it's near and dear to my heart, but it also you know, was filmed and took place very close to us in Central Texas, so it's kind of like a staple for us. I would say, if anything, I look at that stuff maybe with a, a slightly more critical eye, just because <laughs> uh, you know we have Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre-themed haunted houses in Austin. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's a staple for us. Yeah. But they did such a phenomenal job with it, and it's, yeah. it's, uh, I, I really appreciated that. I was instantly transformed. There was at one point you walk in and you see the this uh, you are confronted with this wall of uh, deer heads. Oh yeah, and yeah. antler. It's and it's just like I don't know why, man, but it just creeps. Yeah, that, creeps that one deer's like mess. His nose was There's messed something up just or? weird, and it's just like yeah, it's off putting. Yeah, yeah. So that's the the Sawyer house is that in uh, yeah. And so if you're a fan of the series, like apparently like all of the characters are represented. Like I don't know, I didn't know they had names, but there's Chop Top Sawyer, Nubbin Sawyer, Grandpa Sawyer. I saw Grandpa. Yeah, and so they're all in there at different points, and they're all freaky in their own ways. Yeah. So uh, that one was a lot of fun. And then uh, the, our fourth one we did, which I really dug a lot, was Universal Monsters, The Bride of Frankenstein Lives. This was a very cool house. I actually have a tip if you're going through this one. Okay, go ahead. Go as slow as you can. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, I guess we'll get into it, but there's, this one is heavy on narrative, mm-hmm. and there's actually a lot of good acting and pantomiming in it, and there are moments Especially at the start, yeah, you know, when yeah. I don't want to spoil it, but when the, the yeah, Bride of Frankenstein does a thing, she like, I was like, I found myself like having to walk through and like try to hold my head back to try to stay in the room to see, you know, every last bit of it. Like, so I, if I could go through that again, I would definitely like take my time. Yeah, that's the one thing is they do try to kind of get you through because there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. I mean, the lines were, were crazy. And so you don't want to dilly dally, but no, yeah. but yeah, you kind of do want to try to soak it in. You don't want to rush through this stuff. You do want to kind of experience it. And like you said, the narrative for uh, Bride of Frankenstein was awesome. Yeah. Like, I mean, it starts off like if you've seen the classic movie, it literally picks up right at the end of the classic movie where, you know, Frankenstein's castle is explodes. Oh, yeah. it's, Marilyn, it's Marilyn Monroe. Blows up. Hey, hi, Marilyn. How are you doing? <laughs> Again, we are recording here live. Inside of a theme park. It's pretty. Look at that car. It's a beautiful car. Gorgeous. Anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, we, you walk inside and you see uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. She's mourning the loss of Frankenstein's monster. We can get into it a little bit, I yeah, think. Yeah, sure. Again, spoiler alert. If you plan on going to Halloween Horror Nights in the next two weeks or so, don't listen to this. Go experience it yourself first and then come back. Because this is one of the best, for sure. Yeah. So you walk in and basically the idea is uh, the Bride of Frankenstein, she's trying to save Frankenstein, which involves a really cool like set piece there yeah. right at the very beginning where she's trying to like lift a giant thing off of him. Uh, a giant beam. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's screaming bloody murder. And the screams are really, really painful. And then it turns out, so what she wants to do is she's trying to bring Frankenstein's monster back to life. Yeah. And so she does that, of course, by kidnapping Dracula's wives, <laughs> as you do. 
taking the blood from them in order to transfuse it into Frankenstein's monster. Mm -hmm. And also she realized she needs some body parts too. So she gets some body parts from the, the local town and then eventually tries to get them all back together and then shocks them back. It's, it goes awry and it's a whole yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome house. Yeah. Um, the, the narrative for it is really incredible. I mean, it's very much that classic Universal Monster look to it with the, you know, the big bricks and everything. And I like this one a lot. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Any particular areas of the house that you dug? No, just all of the moments uh, where there's heavy narrative acting going on. I mean, they're in br they're brief segments, right? But yeah, it, it's every one of these haunted houses tells a story mm -hmm. in some way. Maybe the horror icons one a, a little less, but this was just the theming and the the storytelling was the strongest out of all of them. I think in this one, yeah, and it's just fun. Like it's fun to experience. And the flavor text they have for this one is. We belong dead, the last words of Frankenstein's monster on that fateful night when his bride rejected him. But his end was her beginning. Now the bride is stepping out of the shadows to bring him back, and there's nothing she won't do as she sharpens her brilliance by experimenting on unsuspecting victims. The mate will have her monster, and the monster will have his mate. Mm. <laughs> that was actually... Sweet. Uh, those are my wedding vows. <laughs> so... It's, it's odd that they would just take that. Maybe that's where I, I'd heard it before. Anyway, uh, this one is very, very cool. Do not sleep on this house. Absolutely go check that one out when you get here. So uh, yeah. it is a very, very cool one. And it's the, the queue for it is right like in that central area as you walk in just past the uh, 30 Years of Fear scare zone. Really nice. And then last but not least for this episode that we'll be talking about, it is Case Files Unearthed Legendary Truth. So this is another one that uh, has a lot to do. It's like there's a lot of um, information kind of within the park that you can pick up on. This is the other one where I would recommend if, if possible. Well, at least for me to go through slowly because well, I'll let you get into the story and then I'll talk about it a bit. But yeah, so uh, this one here was actually it's kind of neat because there are a lot of mythologies and like sort of stories told within Universal Studios yes. that people have picked up on and kind of run with. This is one where literally in a window in New York like the backlot area of New York here, there was just a private detective and his name was Boris Schuster. And it's something that I'm sure just like the, an artist put that up there when they were designing this area. And then someone took that name and ran with it and made it a character, made that character into a Halloween Horror Nights like legend. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And so, so Boris Schuster now, it turns out like he's been doing lots of research and stuff. Now, well, he became obsessed with this horror writer's work. Yeah, with these totems. So, to yeah. so there was a writer uh, named Tim Foyle. And so Boris Schuster started looking up this guy's stuff because he was a private investigator. And, and decided instead of investigating crimes, he wouldn't investigate the paranormal. Yeah. And so he found these books by Tim Foyle, and he realized they were based on real things, these, these totems. And he somehow uncovers them and unleashes them into the world. It was all locked away in Tim Foyle's attic, I believe. Yeah. And then he uh, escaped it. And all like, Tim Foyle's books are all based around, like, each one's a different yeah, yeah. thing. And so this house basically go from book to book to book. Each one is a little narrative, and like, in a book that he had written. It's cool. There's some really neat stuff in this one. Yeah, this is the other one where I would say, and what I was saying earlier to go through it slowly, is they do something that really speaks to me that I, I love mm -hmm. in storytelling is they, they put the story there if you want to see it, if you yeah. want if you want to read into it, but you don't have to. And so there are case files mm -hmm. all over the walls that are like giant blown up excerpts from his case files where you can go through and then be like, you know, June 15th, 1975, discover, and you just read through and get a little bit more backstory. But that's a little hard to do when you're constantly yeah. walking. So I, that's the other one out of all the other ones, the one that I wanted to go through again, kind of just 
just so I could uh, absorb more of the story because there's more there than you can read on your first walk there. So what you're saying is just fake a leg injury. Yeah. So you have to walk slowly. And or like, be like, oh, I forgot my keys somewhere in there. <laughs> I dropped my contact. And yeah. So help me. One neat thing that Duncan actually told me is uh, there's a couple dates. There's a lot of dates in this one, but yeah. there are a couple in specific ones. I believe it was October 25th, 1991, 9 p.m., and he's like, yeah, the neat thing about that is that's the very first Halloween Horror Nights when it opened. Oh. Like that specific time. And then there's another one. It's like October 31st, like midnight or like, you know, or something like 11 yeah, 59 yeah. p.m., you know, as well. And that's when it closed. That's when the first Halloween Horror Nights closed. So it's kind of cool. A little Easter eggs in there. Also, uh, there is a neon sign for the Kitty Cat Club, which it's a replica of the one they have in the New York Street area here in the park. Like they, it's like a one-to-one replica. They, they remade it specifically for the house. And yeah, and so it's like, you know, you can't walk into the club from the theme park street. Right. But you get to go inside the actual kitty cat club inside the house. Which is pretty cool. Which is kind of neat. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of neat. Like I wonder if, you know, the artist that designed that area was like, oh, maybe someday this will become something. Yeah. You know, that's wild to me. Let's see here. Let me let me read a little bit about the description of it. Step into the shoes of Boris Schuster, a hard-boiled private eye investigating the supernatural. Follow his search for clues into darkness of a shadowy film noir world populated by ghouls, poltergeists, and all manner of monstrous terrors. This house also had one of, uh, apparently there are three houses at Halloween Horror Nights 30 with giant heads. And this one had a giant head in it, had a, had a big devil head in it. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it scared the crap out of Steffi, if I'm yeah, not Yeah, I think every giant head scared Steffi. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There, there were a few, and they were pretty freaky. But uh, yeah, it was pretty neat. And also for me, I was kind of uh, geeking out about this one because the actual house is inside of the Shrek Theater. So the Shrek 4D Theater, there are two screens. Mm. So they actually like basically got rid of one, put down wood over all the kind of the mechanics of the the seats, and they put the house in there. So the entire house is inside that second theater, which yeah. is kind of cool. I, I I love that kind of stuff. I'm the nerd who's like, this isn't what it's supposed to be. I liked this one because my favorite genre is like crime noir, private detective crime noir. Oh yeah, you know like Philip Marlowe, Continental Op type stuff, and so. This guy is very much that character, like yeah. gritty, like, you know, uh, private detective kind of guy and uh, up against insurmountable odds, probably. It's just fun to walk through his world. You know, I, I didn't find it to be particularly scary, uh, more just really interesting. Yeah. A slight correction. Uh, Boris Schuster is the arch rival of Bloody Mary, I believe, ah. one of the horror icons. Um, Boris wrote the noir novels. Right. And Tim Foyle is the one who's going in to like find out where these like the inspiration for these novels comes from, where he then finds the totems in the old like his old like house from the 1940s. And that's what unleashes like the horrors throughout the house and and kind of sets that house in motion. So we got everything. Wrong. We were way yeah, off. You were, you're kind of close. <laughs> well, there you go. We said some names. We got the names right. Just also, what? I just checked Leatherface uh, turns out was not in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's actually from Beetlejuice. Oh. So we got that wrong, too. OK. I knew we got something. They all run together. Anyway, uh, again, if you want to know the actual lore and history of these (laughs) things, feel free to do some research or watch them. There's a a lot of amazing other videos out there. So uh, we are not your 100% accurate history facts. Just ask us about G-forces. If we were a little bit smarter, we would just cut this and re-record it. But we're not. Maybe down the line, we'll do like a whole lore episode. That'd be far down the line. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun to be like, maybe maybe for the next Halloween Horror Nights, we'll do some real deep diving into like Jack the Clown or whoever the next icon is going to be and like do some maybe we can actually meet Jack the Clown I would love to do that that would be a lot of fun so 
that is the first five houses we went through. That's all we're going to talk about this episode. Should we, Jeff, you want to do a quick uh, walkthrough of uh, our the first half of our, our Halloween Horror Nights experience? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. You ready for this? Okay, here okay. We go. Spare with me. Okay, we're going to set the tone. We're going to be walking through the front gates. Jeff! Yeah. Everything's scary, Jeff! <laughs> oh, everything is scary! Ah, oh, the, uh, the creepy thing! There's monsters ah, everywhere! It's terrifying! There's fire! Look at find the scare zone! There's chainsaws! There's space oh, chainsaws! Oh, there's, there's tooth fairies coming after me, Jeff! They want my teeth! They want my milk teeth! <laughs> <laughs> Look at them! Oh no, okay! Let's move on! Oh, it's all the icons, Jeff! Look at all the icons! Yeah, oh no, which one is that? The, the, the usher is telling me to shh! He's like shh! He's getting in my face! He's like shh! Shh! Again. Oh, and again. Oh, it smells so bad in there's, here. There's a leather face every every direction I turn. Walk behind me. I don't know if it's you or the house. Ah, oh, so scary. It's spooky. They want to turn me into a face of leather. <laughs> All right, quick. Let's get out of here. What? What? what we, let's, let's go see the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, maybe oh. oh my God, the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, this is actually just really sad. She right, loves it's him. It's kind of. It is really sad, actually. Frankenstein's monster. You just want to uh, see. They were gonna. They were gonna be together. She just wants to bring him back, Jeff. <laughs> Nothing scarier than unrequited love. <laughs> ah! Okay. Oh, no, it's all the vampires. All the vampires are. They're Dracula's wives, Jeff. They're reaching out for me. They want your blood. Oh, they want They want to tear me up. It's scary. Ah! All right, let's move on. Okay. Oh, Bride of Frankenstein. She's trapped them all. She's taking their blood. She's bringing it back. He's coming back. It's a happy ending, Jeff. Congratulations. Why am I screaming? I don't know. Okay. All right, now let's move on. We're going to go. Let's go uh, see Boris Schuster and, and Tim Foyle and all the totems and everything. And, and get it right this time. It's, it's, there's reading, Jeff. There's books. Well, apparently, we didn't ah, read books. enough. Books are scary. <laughs> ah! <laughs> big, big things are yelling. Kitty cat club. There's a woman singing, Jeff. She's, oh, no. We're at a bar and I don't drink anymore. Ah! Ah! <laughs> we're, this is inappropriate. Ah, scary. Okay. Uh, the big head. Oh, devil head. Ah! Okay. Oh, oh, we made it past. Okay. And they exit. And we're out. Uh, that was really uh, good. Okay. That was that was my rendition of the first hour and a half, two hours. Two hours us, or so uh, we were here. Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, that's a lot of yelling. I think you nailed it. Thank you very much. I feel, oh, there goes, there goes Marilyn. I scared her off of my, my yelling. All right, Jeff. So we've walked through all of the houses. And so now we are going to do our rankings of the first five houses. Again, I'll, I'll reiterate. It's Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. Okay. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Halloween Horror Nights Icons Captured. Universal Monsters, The Bride of Frankenstein Lives, and Case Files Unearth Legendary Truth. We're just going to list our favorite from the first five? Yeah, what, what is your favorite out of Bride those of Frankenstein, five? I think. Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was really good. I mean, they're all good. They're all Texas great. Chainsaw Massacre was really good, too, but I think I think just the the theming and the performance is so strong, Yeah, and, and the style is so strong in, in Bride of Frankenstein. This one is really tough for me, because Bride of Frankenstein is incredible. I really love it. Like, the theming of it is awesome, like the sets and everything, and the, the performers, too, the scare actors are great. Yeah. But I think for me, honestly, it's like just edging that out is Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. Okay. Because it's something that it starts so kind of innocent and yeah. then very quickly spikes into like really scary that uh, I like that a lot. And I think that takes it over for me 
just a little bit. So yeah, it's got a very powerful turn. Yeah. So all right. Well, that's that's our five. You know, like hey, let us know what your favorite was out of those first five, uh, and then go ahead and let us know what your favorite was out of the second five too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll be we'll be covering yeah. that next week. Well, yeah, next week. So let us know what your your favorite house is. Yeah. And uh, in the comments, it'd be great. Also, we should point out that Case Files unearth legendary truth is uh, cult. It's cult or cult. or. Uh, Kafult. Yeah. <laughs> Unless case files is one word. I don't know if, if they, they spelled it like that. Uh, we should also talk about, talk about the, we mentioned the two scare zones, the 30 years, 30 fear scare zone right there in the Plaza of the Stars. Again, not horribly scary. That's definitely somewhere you go get your, your Instagram photos and your, your selfies and whatnot. It's right in the front of the park. Really cool fire effects, though. There's a big, yeah, like, it's yeah. got a big, you know, the beam and pier system or whatever it is. And just launching fire out the top. It's really cool. Right when you walk in, it sort of sets the tone for the whole night. It's like fire, scary, Halloween Horror Nights right there in front of you. Cool. And then Seek and Destroy was the other one I want to talk about this episode. That was really, really neat. Again, it's these creepy alien monster things that are from the future, and they believe technology is beauty, and so they want to turn everyone into to robots, I guess. Mm-hmm. And also, this has the very first interactive element to it, like a digital element to it, where they have a face that will actually talk to people and ask, like, tell you to, to kneel and, like, you know, join them and stuff. And we all kneeled in front they of them. They made us kneel. They did. They did. We did. And it was it was good. It was successful. <laughs> I think we got away without getting murdered. So yeah, that, that's, that's happy. That's a win. And so, uh, yeah, and then we'll talk about the other ones in the next episode. But, oh, wow. All right. That, that's the first half of Halloween Horror Nights 30. What an eventful episode. And we've got so much more to talk about. we got five more houses to talk about. we got to talk about the, the show oh, yeah. as well in the next episode. What a show it is. But, uh, Jeff, yeah, I don't have any questions for this week's episode, unfortunately. Okay. But I do have the question of the week that I always ask every single time. And the previous question I have is, what was your favorite stunt show? This is coming off the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. So I asked the audience, what is your favorite stunt show? We got some answers here. And remember, I'm going to randomly select one. Okay. I'm mail them a theme I now here. know the actual answer. Oh, you know the I've actual spent a, spent a little time here. Do you, do you want to start or do you want to finish? Uh, I'll finish. Okay, okay. So we got one from uh, Matt.Bat. says, my favorite stunt show was the Batman stunt show at Six Flags Great Adventure. There was a whole Batman-themed arena the show takes place in, and it's a kid who loved Batman and is really stuck in my brain. They sadly don't do the show anymore, and I can still feel the heat from the fire effects on my face. Oh, mm. that's cute. Small Z 925 says, honestly, my favorite is the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. I remember going to it as a kid and then went again a few years ago. It's always entertaining to me to watch. Some dumb cat says, honestly, the Fear Factor show at Universal was underrated as hell. <laughs> the fact that they did real stunts and used people from the audience to compete in Fear Factor challenges like eating bugs and climbing on falling cars while being sprayed with water. I'm not sure how real it was because I never was selected, no matter how hard my friends and I tried. But it certainly felt like real suspense and fear. And it was cool to see people win prizes and eat bugs. Love watching people eat bugs. I think I can help you out there. What's that? Uh, my cousin, Christopher, yeah? he was a contestant one time when he came here and he oh, won. Really? So I think it is real. And know? I think when you win, you get like a, a ticket to come back. He right? said he got something uh, pretty valuable. I don't remember exactly what he said he got, but he said it was a cool present yeah. or a cool prize. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty neat. I think, they start- I think he had to do something like. The car thing. Like, yeah. it wasn't bugs. It was something, uh, I think, more well, physical. It's, it's like a series of things. Like, yeah. you have to do a few different things. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the car is like the big show. He mentioned or, something like, yeah. That's so cool. Spare South Center says, My favorite stunt show was the now-gone Tarzan Rock show at Animal Kingdom. They used to have guys dressed as monkeys rollerblading down ramps, doing gymnastics, and swinging around, and some other performers doing impressive aerial work, spinning from ribbons and hoops, all to the amazing Phil Collins soundtrack for Tarzan. It was my favorite show as a kid and serves as a fond memory for me. Those rollerblading monkeys were my heroes. That's the first <laughs> time anyone's ever said that. <laughs> yeah. 
I have issues with with uh, Tarzan because uh, Phil Collins won the Academy Award for best uh, soundtrack for that whole movie, uh-huh. and it beat the South Park musical or the South Park movie. And South Park should have absolutely and won the so Academy you're Award mad for that. At Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. Well, the I'm entire not, property. I'm, not, I'm mad at Phil moment. Collins for winning. It was like his third or fourth. You Academy know, it's Award. not Phil Collins' fault he won. No, it, it is. It's, it's it's the people that voted for no, Phil Collins. They, he said, "You'll be so in my heart." This is displaced. This is displaced anger. And the SAG members like, "Yeah, I will be in your heart, mm-hmm. Phil Collins, and I'm going to give you my vote." And South Park should have won that Oscar. They would be egots. If they got that, you realize that that they're only missing an Oscar now. What are they waiting for? Do it again. I know, I know. And our winner this week that I randomly selected is Yoshi Kid eighteen says my favorite stunt show was absolutely the Born Stunt Tacular. I loved all the visuals and the action kept my wife and I on the edges of our seats the entire time. It was so impressive the way they combined scenes on the screen with real objects. Definitely made me want to go actually watch the Born movies. So. Congratulations, Yoshi Kid 18. We are literally, I can see the Born Stunt-tacular from my seat right now. We are a stone's throw away from it. And uh, I might have to agree that Born Stunt-tacular is incredible. The actual correct answer is the Born Stunt-tacular. <laughs> I, we went two days ago. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that was that was one of the first things. So Jeff has back issues right now. So I'm like, let's let's do some shows first. So we did Born Stunt-tacular. We did how, the horror makeup show, finally. I love that, that was show. Phenomenal. Uh, we did the animal actor stage. Yeah. It was like a lot of stuff where you could sit down and uh, started with Stuntacular. And man, what a cool show. The technology behind that is it, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how well it works. Yeah, there's two or three scenes during the show. And how quickly you can, how easily you can suspend disbelief. from yeah. the, Even from the very beginning in the, I don't want, like in the fight scene. Yeah. Then when you realize they're, they're mixing, uh, I mean, it really sets you up for it when, when they're mixing like actual actors and uh, actors on screen yeah. and they're high-fiving each other. <laughs> and throwing and like throwing, blades. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so well done. If you get a chance to come out and check out the Born Stunt-tacular, absolutely do so. Maybe we can try to get someone who works on the show to come talk to us about that. Yeah, I would, that would love, be really neat. I would love to meet like an engineer or like if we ever, you know, we're 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 doing more video content now. Well, we're, we talked. We're, we're we working talk to, on doing video content. We talked to Scott Porter, right? Didn't he? No, he worked on the. Uh, yeah, this was actually the Terminator Two 3D show right, for a while. Was, so yeah. Stuntacular. This is relatively new. It's like maybe two years old at mm. this point. But yeah, getting to talk to someone who works in this thing, I would love to. I'd love to see the intricate, like this, the details of how it yeah. all works together because there's some really, really cool stuff in it. So anyway, congratulations, Yoshi Kid 18. You are going to be, I'll, I'll reach out to you and we will mail you a theme park map, which we've got a billion of them now. And so I just got to get Jeff to sign a few more and then we'll, uh, we'll mail some out to you. So my question this week for you, the audience, if you want to answer over on Rooster Teeth in the comments, is who is your favorite Halloween Horror Nights icon? Huh. So yeah, Jack the clown the caretaker the director the storyteller bloody mary the usher fear lady luck chance there's so many i mean you can throw crypt keeper in there as well like there's a whole lot of uh, awesome icons so who is your favorite halloween horror nights icon answer that over on rooster teeth and i will randomly select someone in the future to uh, be sent a park map and if you have a question feel free to leave it in the comments Why are you laughing? I don't know. I was, I was, just, I was <laughs> talking about comments and you started laughing. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Annual Pass. We'll be back next week for part two of our Halloween Horror Nights adventure where we talk about our next five houses, a couple more scare zones, and a show that you have to see to believe. It is nutso. It is so awesome. So thank you very much, Jeff. Do you feel like you learned anything today? I did. I feel like I learned I, I went through an entire haunted house, the cult haunted house, and got it wrong. 
<laughs> well, I mean, we you you got scared. That's what's what's important. I, I got that part right. Absolutely. Well, yeah. again, thank you to our friends at Universal Studios Orlando for uh, hooking us up with the Radio Broadcast Center to record this episode of Annual Pass and the next episode of Annual Pass and a future episode of Annual Pass and just for being nice people in general. Yeah, they're lovely. They're very very nice people. And the fact they you know took us under their wing and they were like, hey, you're a fledgling little podcast. We're going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And it's like, uh, what? How? How? And well, also. I'm, I'm blown away by this. I'll be honest. In 18 and a half years of Rooster Teeth mm-hmm. and the content that we've created, the different shows, we've gotten a lot of first invites. Yeah, we have. We have. This is not a lot of second invites. <laughs> These guys lot. gave us a second invite. Not a lot of, hey, come back. We'd like yeah. to see you again. It's a lot of, oh, oh yeah. Well, that's, okay, have fun. Anyway, uh, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all the social channels as well, annual underscore pass on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, if you want to email us, too, you can email us annualpass at roosterteeth.com. If you have any, I love hearing stories. If you have a story about your first time at Halloween Horror Nights, I'd love to hear that. Leave it in the comments as well. Feel free to answer that question again. Who is your favorite Halloween Horror Nights icon? And that's going to do it. Make sure to grab a shirt as well in the store, store.roosterteeth.com. We've got our spooky stuff still in the store, including the hat and the shirt. And uh, yeah, and that's going to do it. Jeff, you got any final final thoughts for this episode? Uh, just that I had a really lovely time. Oh, that's super and sweet. And I'm excited to do the next episode and talk about more of this stuff. Well, we're going to take a short break, get, a, get some water, use the restroom, and come back and do another one. But we'll see you guys next week for another episode, Halloween Horror Nights Part 2, here on Annual Pass. We love you guys. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. TTFN.